It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 85, David and the Spirit of Fear. The Apostle John, also called the Apostle of Love, penned these words over 1,000 years after the life of David, from 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The King James Version has greater power in its words, being the words of deliverance. Here it is. Instead of perfect love drives out fear, it reads, but perfect love cast away fear. Let's go further. Pulling concordance meetings out, the actual Greek for cast is to throw or to let go of a thing without caring where it falls. That's powerful. There is the positive side of fear, for we must fear the Lord. But on the dark side of the spirit of fear, we fear shortcomings, failure, evil overcoming us. In this episode, David the hero and man of honor falls for the age-old work of the devil, fear. First Samuel 27. But David thought to himself, One of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. So David and the six hundred men with him went over to Achish, son of Maok, king of Gath. David and his men settled in Gath with Achish. Each man had his family with him. David had his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, the widow of Nabal. And when Saul was told that David had fled to Gath, he no longer searched for him. Yep, that's what you just read. David, scared of Saul, fled with his small troop and their families and all they had to Gath. Yes, the same Gath of the giants, possibly the brothers of Goliath. Yes, the same Gath that David acted insane before. It's the strangest thing. It's a thing about fear. People do the strangest things when fear affects them. So how do we know David was infected by fear? Check out the first words of 1 Samuel 27. How do we know for sure David was out of God's will in the next year or more of his life? Simply put, he decided his location and assignment based upon fear. How many times did David inquire of God before every decision? When he had a prophet in his camp, a priest, he he knew God personally. But instead, it said, David thought to himself, One of these days, I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. The first phrase dictates his reasons. David thought, One of these days, I will be destroyed. Whose thought was that? It wasn't God's thought. Instead, it was the spirit of fear. 
Fear speaks and projects disaster over our lives. Here's Webster's 1828 definition of fear. Here's the noun definition. A painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of fear or the apprehension of impending danger. Fear is accompanied with a desire to avoid or ward off the expected evil. Fear is an uneasiness of mind upon the thought of future evil likely to befall us. All right, so that was the noun definition of fear. If that's not nasty enough, check out the verb definition of fear. To feel a painful apprehension of some impending evil, to be afraid of, to consider, or expect with the motions of alarm or solicitude, we fear the approach of an enemy or of a storm. So what freaks me out about the verb definition of fear is the words to consider or expect with emotions of alarm. Fear brings an expectation into the heart of fear and dread and wrongdoing, which builds itself into some form of faith in falsities over God's truth and his hope. So when David thought, Saul's going to catch me and kill me, what was he thinking? Did he forget the last two times he was delivered from Saul and he could have killed him? What about the two times a spear was hurled toward him and the time Saul tried to have him killed in battle? Did David forget that God had his back? There's so much here. How did he fall from grace and faith so quickly? There is no direct cue in the Bible, but we can remember that eye on David's heart we're keeping. He's got two wives in the camp. Many of his soldiers are having children now. They're getting older. Haven't heard a lot of psalms lately. He did almost run Nabal and his servants over. But all of this isn't enough for me to understand how David gave in to fear so quickly. So instead, we use this as a time to look at David and realize he is human. And fear is something to be reckoned with. For if it jumped on David, we must be watchful ourselves for the lies of fear. For it caused David to leave Israel out of God's will. For when it says, David thought to himself, I will be destroyed by Saul, we must understand we are stepping into the realm of spiritual warfare. Whose thoughts were these that David had? They were clearly his thoughts. But who put this idea in his head that he would eventually believe? It had to be fear. Let me explain. It is spiritual in nature. In Ephesians 6.16, it states, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So what are these flaming arrows? They are the darts of all sorts of temptations, lust, bitterness, despair, depression, or fear. Temptation is not a sin. In fact, a bad thought is not sin. Agreeing with bad thoughts and temptation is sin. David was under a spiritual attack of fear, and guess what? What the enemy could not do in the natural, he achieved in the spirit, and David was lured into the hands of the hated enemy, the Philistines. He would still retain his army and remain semi-autonomous, but the devil got the anointed one of Israel out of Israel, for he now had free reign with King Saul, his man, to do whatever he pleased in Israel. Through fear, the devil neutralized David for over a year, for our fight is not against flesh and blood. 
So I'm going to explain how this could have happened from the spiritual perspective, just to give a better understanding of how fear works and how it attempts to destroy people. So here we go. The devil was always after David and wanted to kill him, steal from him, or destroy him. He couldn't achieve it with Saul. Every attack of the Philistines and Saul was foiled, and David had only grown in stature and favor since he was evicted from the court of Saul. The enemy would have wanted nothing more than for David to be out of the way and out of Israel. Saul was just defeated, and there was a hedge of protection of worship and God's presence around David. But the devil had a legion of demons at his disposal, and he resorted to demonic fear tactics. A host of demons could not get near David, but like artillery from afar, they fired long-range fiery arrows and thousands of them at David, specifically, and each of them had a purpose and lie attached to them, and this occurred daily. One day a thousand arrows fell upon David as he was worshiping, and each was extinguished by an invisible shield. The next day all of them failed to find their mark when he was praying, Another day, when he was with Abiathar, no effect. And when he was with Gad, the prophet, no arrows found their mark. One day, David was concerned himself with too much with his work and organization and military training and didn't commune with God. This day, an arrow, a single arrow, got through and came upon him as a thought. What would happen if Saul caught me one day? No big deal. David thought to himself, Saul will never catch me. The lie was broken. A week later, another arrow got through. The same one. David went to sleep that night and didn't disagree with the thought, but pondered it a while before going to sleep. The lie from a single arrow got into his dream life and began to fester inside of him. The next week, a few more arrows got through. From only a thousand, but it was enough. A few more lies, a few more thoughts. A few more days, a few more lies, until it got into his bloodstream, and open doors gave the lies greater access through his polygamy and evil, evil doings he was doing privately. It began to tear open his covering, allowing more lies to land, until one day, David began to vocalize his fear with his friends, and what was totally unacceptable became reality. Wise counsel was ignored, for a lie of fear, many lies of fear, had convinced David's will of a decision, and 600 men were led out of Israel to the land of Philistia. The crazy thing is, it started with a simple lie of fear. Those fiery darts had a great return on investment, for the cheap arrows pulled 600 men out of God's will and location and assignment, and neutralized them for over a year. For fear had gotten its way. It's a scary thing to consider our decisions can be so influenced by our fears. But let's remember, there's always a therefore in God's kingdom. We know Romans 8 begins with, Now therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And also in Romans 8, that God works for the good of those who love him, according to his purpose. In Joseph's famous statement, that what was intended for evil, God can use for good, which he will with David. But I can't help but think that great men like Jonathan could have been spared, and even a future civil war in Israel, and many innocents could have spared if David stayed in Judah, under God's protection. This is what happens when David flees to Philistia. 1 Samuel 27, 5. 
Then David said to Achish, If I have found favor in your eyes, let a place be assigned to me in one of your country towns, that I may live there. Why should your servant live in the royal city with you? So on that day, Achish gave him Ziglag, and it was belonged to the kings of Judah ever since. David lived in Philistine territory a year and four months. Now David and his men went up and raided the Gersherites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. From ancient times, these people had lived in the land extending to Shur and Egypt. Whenever David attacked an area, he did not leave a man or woman alive, but took sheep and cattle, donkeys and camels, and clothes. And then he returned to Achish. And when Achish asked, Where did you go raiding today? David would say, Against the Negev of Judah, or against the Negev of Jeshamiel, or against the Negev of the Kenites. He did not leave a man or woman alive to be brought to Gath, for he thought they might inform on us and say, This is what David did. And such was his practice as long as he lived in Philistine territory. Achish trusted David and said to himself, He has become so obnoxious to his people, the Israelites, that he will be my servant for life. So David becomes a servant to Achish of Gath. He raids Amalekite settlements and other foreign tribes and sends back booty to Achish and says it is from the people of Judah. In addition, David sends booty back to the tribe of Judah from the Amalekites and other tribes. David's playing a dangerous game, yet he finds great favor with Achish, who really respects him and his abilities, and he wins the favor of the tribe of Judah as well. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, I'd like to ask you a question and leave you with a prayer. The question is, are you in a zigzag season where you are in a place, an assignment that was not God's choosing? Have you made decisions in fear and are you living with the consequences of those decisions? And a prayer. The question is, God, am I in a zigzag season? And if so, here's your prayer. God, save me from my decisions made out of fear. Rescue me and turn it all for good and keep me from ever making future decisions out of fear. And as we close out here, I leave you with time to pray this prayer and hear the voice of God. You unravel me with a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come.